Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Death is the best part of life. That's why they save it for last. Or so it has been said. We're going to talk about end-of-life issues today on Dr. Death and the Humorist. I'm Jerry Dry. I'm the Humorist, and here is my co-host, Dr. Death, Dr. Lisa Oliver. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jerry. Hi, everybody. We're talking about end-of-life issues today, and this is an area that you've done extensive research and study on, and so I'd like you to just kind of tell us, first of all, why should we even talk about something we probably don't really want to talk about? Because you know what? Too many of us end up in the intensive care unit in the hospital with a loved one. We're all sitting around figuring out what we need to do. We know death is going to come sooner than later, and we don't know what to do. So in, aside from the fact that we're afraid because we might lose a person we love, we're, we're arguing with each other on what's the best course of action for Meemaw. And really, it doesn't have to be that way. We all know we're going to die. Let's make, let's make. Can I make them in advance? Is that what we're thinking about? Ah, yeah. Or as, as, as many of the decisions as we can make. Exactly. Advance. Let's talk about it. Let's make a decision on how we want to get out of this life. Because as Jim Morrison says, no one gets out alive. That's right. Aren't you proud? Yeah, the, the, well, that's right. The mortality rate is 100%. Exactly. And uh, we were all going to die. None of us want to. Th- think about that I suppose we don't we like to think we're going to keep going forever but I heard Dick Van Dyke recently uh, talking about that uh, you know he's in his 90s doing great you know his he, brother died recently. his brother Jerry passed away and he's mm-hmm. but Dick said you know we're all circling the drain yes and there's, we just don't know when we're going to take the final flush yeah <laughs> that's one way to think about it but I got some statistics for you so the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention 2016 they came out with um, this statistic that only three out of every 10 people will die instantly. That leaves the seven of us out of 10 that we're going to die slowly in a steady decline of health, leading to disability and eventually death. So again, this is something that's going to happen. We're all going to die, but some of us are going to die a long, slow decline. So we need to talk about these things, how we want to die, do we want certain things? Do we want music played? But that's advanced directives. That's a whole nother thing. But let's, you know, we'll get to that to the next one. But let's talk about the types of care that we all can receive. So the first thing I want to talk about is curative care. Let's say you have, I don't know, bronchitis or something, and the doctor gives you some medicine to cure the bronchitis. <coughs> I think you've got a touch. <laughs> I think so. That is known as curative care. It focuses on a cure to an illness, the quantity of life, or prolonging life. Then the next type is palliative care. And palliative care is a care to, let me put it to you this way. Okay, I'm a diabetic. As a diabetic, I take insulin. Mm-hmm. That insulin causes me to retain water. I see. Because I retain water, I had to take a water pill. Really? A water really? pill? A water pill. A water pill. A water pill. Aren't those are hard to take, aren't they? Do they kind of fall off of the spoon? <laughs> no, I think if you'll not. freeze those, 
water pills and make them ice pills, they'll be easier to take. It might be, but no, it's not that it's to release the water. It's not I just, see. Ah, it's not an actual pill made out of water. No, oh, no, I no, see. No. It's actually a pill to make you release water. It's I got you. Thing. If you take your water pill, chances are you'll release too much of something called potassium. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. If and you, you need potassium. And you need your potassium. And so then you have to take a potassium pill. So again, me taking the water pill and then the potassium, those are all drugs to counteract the side effects of me having to take insulin. So that's palliative care. And actually, in the U.S., they don't talk about palliative care a lot because for some reason it got lumped in with hospice care. I see. Okay. So hospice care is what you start to receive once you've been diagnosed with having less than six months to live. And so, again, the focus of hospice care is to keep you comfortable until you die. And so as patient is family focused, what you have is an interdisciplinary team. You have a nurse, you have a social worker, a chaplain, home health aide. Um, hospice care can be taken care of, can be done in your home, or it can be done at a hospice care facility. And the reason why this is so important because 80% of the people say they'd rather die at home, but only 25% die at home. So in hospice care, it allows you to die at home with all your things, with your pets, with your favorite pictures. I was going to say, I think I would rather die on stage, but I've done that, so... <laughs> So I, I don't. I, I guess I can do something different because I've already done that one. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> so, like I was talking about this interdisciplinary. Did you just pass gas? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's another kind of pill. I, okay. No, I think that was a, it's the equipment. Oh, okay. It's the equipment. Okay. So, and the dog. The dog. It's the dog. It's the dog. <laughs> so. When you go in hospice care, you, you are the focus of an interdisciplinary team. And so they develop a plan of care. They develop a plan of care between the hospice physician and your personal physician. You know, they talk about, well, do you need social work services? A social worker can come and work with your family, maybe get you food stamps so that you won't, you know, you'll have the proper nutrients of food. They can arrange, um, arrange transportation if you need to go somewhere or if someone in your family needs to go somewhere. They manage the pain and the symptoms. Also, the interdisciplinary team, they attend to the emotional, psychosocial, and spiritual aspects of dying and caregiving. Dying is a hard thing. I mean, I don't know if you've seen movies where people... Dying is not like in the movies. It's, it's, you know, people have a whole lot of stuff they have to unpack emotionally and physically. Well, not physically. Emotionally and spiritually, I should say. The caregivers might have some problems. So that's why a chaplain comes around and talks to them to get their mind right and to get them accepting of the death and to understand that death is just part of life. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I heard a lot of folks over the years talk about the things that they will do when they know they're about to die. Yeah. And, and I just don't think it's that clear cut for us most of the time, is it? No, you know what? I think it's clear cut for the person who's dying, but I don't think it's clear cut for the people who are doing the caregiving. And that's what a lot of people need to realize is that you get your own, everybody gets their own t turn at doing death. And if a person wants to, I don't know, goes bungee jumping or something or go to a strip club or whatever the dying person wants uh, to do. I, 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 I'm just saying. Okay, all right. It seems like some odd choices. And, you know, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to go into eternity now. You know, after candy apples comes over to the table and... <laughs> 
I just made that name up. If, there's a, if there is a stripper out there named Candy Apples, I want you to know I, it's a coincidence, okay? So, so uh, bungee jumping strippers before you die. Okay, right, gotcha. Or, or, <laughs> or maybe have a good martini. But the thing is, is that, yeah, some, a lot of people have things that they need to clear off their to-do list or they may need to have conversations with people or be forgiven but there's a whole lot of things that the dying person needs to have needs to do before they feel able to transition and die and a lot of times the family doesn't know how to accept that so that's another thing that the social worker or the chaplain will speak to the family how to provide care spiritual and emotional care as well as physical care to the person So, uh, so you got this team, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering: is that do you have to have all those members of the team, or can you kind of pick and choose? Say, I don't really want that, or no. it's not a it's not a menu. It's just that this no. is the professional group that says this is what you need. But you really need all those type of people in your corner okay. to help you be comfortable in transition to death. And also, one more thing: in hospice, they also provide formal bereavement care and counseling to the family of the deceased for up to a year. So, hospice is really a a good thing to um to know about is like to know about before you actually need it because it's really it just helps I know from personal experience when my dad had prostate cancer and he was dying hospice came in 14 days before he died which is really way too late because really he should have had it starting at six months but um but it was just really good the lady she came and she would talk to my dad and I was so impressed with her because she wasn't afraid of death and meanwhile, all of us in the house were really afraid of death and what was going to happen. And she was able to lead us through about what was going to happen step by step. It was a good thing. Interesting. And, I, and I'm fascinated by the whole uh, up to a year of bereavement afterwards because, um, I, I don't know, it's, it's, everybody deals with it in their own way. But it's not, it's, it's not something that you just, okay, you've, you've had six weeks now, you should be done. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. No, grief never does. I mean, and that's what I think about funny about the world is that, you know, when someone close to you dies, the world gives you two weeks, maybe three weeks max, and then you're supposed to get on with it. And um, it's never getting on with it. It's never like it used to be. It's actually what I would call the new normal. And so that's what this bereavement counseling service um, for actually it's 13 months, they they walk the person through and talk to them about what's going on. And, and I think the thing is, is that a lot of us have this fallacy of uniqueness. We all think that we're the only person going through it. And what you'll find through the counseling and then support groups is that everyone is going through mm-hmm. it. We're just all going mm-hmm. through it in different stages. Right, right. Everybody kind of reacts a little bit differently, but there's, I'm sure, a lot of similarities, too, in the way... Uh, you know the, the the stages of grief and those kinds of things. Absolutely, yeah, and and there are there, there's similarities, there are differences because you know everybody grieves different because everybody's relationship to the decedent is different. Even if um, you, for example, um, your father died recently, and you have how many brothers and sisters? Uh, <laughs> at, at that time, I had two brothers and a sister, and currently I have one sister and two brothers. <laughs> well, that's good to know that nothing really changed. So between that, that's like four brothers and two sisters. <laughs> if you go back in time and if then add go. the ones that are current, it's actually it's the same ones. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But what my point was, until you got me on track, <laughs> is that your relationship, all four of y'all, four of y'all? The four, <laughs> yes. The four of y'all. It works out to four. <laughs> four. I'm 25% of that group. <laughs> okay. 
all, each of you had a different relationship with your father. Right. And so each of you are going to grieve differently. And so, again, and y'all lived in the same household all your life. And so we all grieve differently. We all we all go through the stages of grief differently. And, um, you know, that's when you realize when you were in a group that although a lot of things are the same, a lot of things are different. And it's okay. Sure. Now, when, when it comes to talking about these things and talking about death, there's an opportunity that people have through a program that you're involved with called Death Cafes. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, Death Cafe is really a lot of fun. And I tell you, when I ask people why they come, they don't understand the difference. What I don't, they say, I see it says death and it would be fun and I don't see how the two relate. But really, it's just a time when we all get together for two hours. We have coffee, we have cake, hot chocolate, and we just, there's no agenda. We just talk about death. You know, I have one um, woman who came because she likes going to death cafes. This was like her fifth death cafe. Another one came because her sister had just died and she wanted someone to talk to about death about. So it's really just an opportunity to not be judged, to think you're weird, to be interested in, and we just talk, and it's a lot of fun. So if there are people out there who might be interested, maybe a, uh, a group uh, who's interested in maybe sponsoring a death cafe or perhaps even having you come and speak to them about death and life issues, how could they get in contact with you to talk about that? Well, actually, that would be very cool because I do them here in Atlanta, but you know, I can go all over the world. Go to drlisaoliver.com slash death dash cafe. So that would be Dr. Dr. Lisa, L-I-S-A, Oliver, O-L-I-V-E-R.com forward slash death, D-E-A-T-H dash cafe, C-A-F-E. And you can find out when the next death cafe is in the area, but you can also email me and I could talk to you about having, you know, helping you set up a death cafe or come and talk to your group about death, dying, and other issues regarding end of life. Well, thank you, Lisa, for your expertise, your 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 commitment to helping people through what is always a very difficult time. And uh, let's talk more about death, shall we? Why not? That's what we're here for. I am Dr. Death. I'm the humorist. You can email us at drdeathandthehumorist at gmail.com and tune in to the next podcast. Thanks for playing. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 